This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. This is a bit of a special edition, a little bit of an abridged version of the show. I was able to catch up with Rory McDonald yesterday afternoon after it was announced that he would be joining the PFL. He has left Bellator, joining the Professional Fight League and gunning for a million dollars next year in the welterweight tournament. I had released yesterday's show, then did the interview with Rory, so rather than go back and change it, I figured I'll just give you guys some more content. We also have the end-of-year special. Myself, Adam Martin of BJPen.com and MMA Oddsbreaker, Alexander K. Lee of MMA Fighting, Shamat Karsandu, formerly of ESPN and MMA Junkie, now with the PFL, and Nick Baldwin of The Score, having a discussion, recapping the year, recapping 2019, and looking ahead to 2020 with some predictions. So you'll enjoy that show. Believe me, it's a great show to hear uh, all of the different opinions of who's going to be the champion next year, what are our hot takes for 2020. Believe me, you'll want to check it out. I know it's long, but take the podcast and speed it up. You know, that's what I like to do. I I, I listen to all my podcasts at like 1.6 or 1.7 speed, sometimes 2.0 speed if I'm in a hurry and want to digest a lot of information. I, I know I speak very quickly and that... Upping the speed of my already fast voice is not ideal, but just uh, just give it a shot. Your ears will adjust. You start slow. You go 1.2, 1.4, eventually get to 1.6. You can try to dip your toe in the water. It's a little too fast for me, but yeah, it works for some other people. Anyhow, let's get to it. We've got an interview with Rory McDonald, and then after that, we'll talk a little bit about this uh, weekend's card in Busan, South Korea for the UFC as well. Maybe I'll chuck in a little bit of Bellator uh, talk as well. Eh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Anyhow... Here's an interview with the one and only Rory McDonald, the newest member of the PFL roster. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to introduce this week's guest. I'm now joined by the newest member of the PFL, Rory McDonald. Uh, this announcement came out of nowhere today. Ariel tweeted it out, and I made sure that there was a blue check mark because I was so floored by this. Uh, I had no idea you were even a free agent. Uh, what was the, your contract situation like going into that last fight? Uh, so I was coming up on my last fight of my contract going into that fight and uh, we had reached out to Bellator if they wanted to re-sign before the fight and they were willing to uh, see how the fight went and then then I became a free agent but they had the right for a certain amount of time to have like basically you know first rights on making an offer and Nothing came through, and so the, once the window closed, we we exercised our right to start talking to other companies, and uh, PFL gave a really great offer, and uh, we didn't hear anything back from Bellator, and so we moved forward forward with 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 PFL. Did they have the right to match this uh, particular offer? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean by we didn't hear back from them on their matching rights, so. So did they waive the matching rights, or has that window just closed? The window closed. Okay. Was there any thought to signing potentially with the UFC? No, not really. Um, I didn't feel like the landscape um, in the UFC was that they would really find me a, a big asset for them. And uh, I, I don't know. I just I didn't feel like I was going to get the offer um, that I was looking for. Um, knowing the UFC's history um, is, you know, what they, you know, generally offer their fighters. So um, I I, uh, I looked elsewhere. But, you know, I'm not close to, you know, in the future. But, you know, the current landscape with the UFC division, I, I just don't think it's the right fit right now. 
You have two kids now, a family. Was money the priority here? I mean, this is prize fighting, and uh, I imagine you can be prob- probably pretty open about that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of my bigger priorities as far as my uh, my fighting goes nowadays. Now, we had spoken uh, earlier this year uh, when you were here at TSN. You had mentioned that there had been some sort of issue with Bellator that had gotten solved. Um I'm guessing since you were under contract with them at the time, you probably couldn't have shed any light on that. But are you able to shed some light on that now? Uh, to be honest, I'm, nothing's coming to memory. Um, I can't remember what we spoke about. So has everything been hunky-dory with Bellator the whole time you've been a member of uh, their roster? You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the time I've spent with Bellator and... Uh, you know, I I'm leaving off on a good foot with them. Like, I don't, uh, you know, I don't like to to leave uh, with burnt bridges. I, you know, I try to, you know, do my best and uh, you know have continue to have a good relationship with people, even if business doesn't work out. So yeah, I'm I'm leaving on a good foot with them. Did they give you any reason as to why they decided not to match the contract, or did you just it was just radio silence? No, it's just been pretty quiet, so um, I haven't heard anything. What's the big appeal of the uh, the PFL to you outside of the money? Is there anything that uh, stands out about, again, a, a very new promotion, uh, one that we air here on TSN, but uh, a really interesting format and um, a, a great opportunity to start on a new foot? Well, there's actually quite a bit that's interesting to me. Um, first, you know, there I see a lot of like uh, potential for growth in the company they uh they have a they have big goals to change the game of MMA and be a a big player um so to be uh one of the first guys to go over and and get signed by them is a huge opportunity um i really enjoy the season format and that it's performance based not so much drama based where in other promotions you know you get opportunities by trash talk and starting drama and things like that. It's it's um, solely on the ability to perform, which I think caters to my personality and uh, my skills. And uh, the fact that it's on ESPN with a huge audience. And uh, also just talking with the CEO, Pete Murray, um, the fact that he, you know, He's willing to get involved with things that I care for outside of MMA, um, you know, like uh, just uh, like you know, thing doing good in the community, helping people in need, and things like that. You know, just we haven't got anywhere, but I mean, he's 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 shared interest in those things, which I I, I find very, uh, you know, I just find that really great. You know, you don't hear that often from promoters that want to do do work together outside of the cage so that's really inspiring and intriguing to me you did mention drama like um you know unlike i guess the ufc like you had mentioned i guess in terms of uh, building things with trash talk the cool thing about tournaments is they build drama organically like it's it's dramatic to see who's going to advance who's going to win and how it happens i think that's that's kind of the cool thing about the sport in general but uh because the matchups are um you know the outcome of who you're going to be facing next and, uh, you know, the bracket format is basically laid out in front of everybody. There's not really a way to lobby for what your path is going to be and, and things of that nature. That's what I think is so cool about the uh, the tournament format that, 
you know, Bellator kind of abandoned over the years. The UFC hasn't really utilized that kind of thing either. But uh, I think that that's one of the things that PFL really has going for it. Yeah, the, the, the season format that they're going for, the sports season, I think it's, it fits great. Um, it, it gives an opportunity for fighters to have a schedule that they can plan for the year. Um, I think fans can, can like really get interested and involved. Um, whereas, you know, the other promotions, sometimes the brackets can feel a little bit like all over the place and not sure how to, you know, there's always drama with who wants the next title shot and things like that. But, you, you know, with, with the format of PFL, you can't argue the system. And, um, you know, always knowing that you're going to get a certain amount of fights and things like that work out great, too. Um, and the fact that it's just a unique take on the sport as well. I think it's great to have uh, a lot of different promotions, a lot of big players in the game. I think it's healthy for the sport and it's it's healthy for fighters that, you know, can weigh their options. I mentioned earlier that you were here earlier this year at TSN. I had watched your fight with John Fitch after we had our conversation. Our conversation was very enlightening. as I think my favorite interview to do of the year because you, you were really open about, um, you know, how you had become a devout Christian and how you had started really um, consuming the religion uh, as basically, a, you know, as just a lifestyle pretty much. Um, and when you were fighting John Fitch in those last rounds and, and he was holding you down, I could see that your mind was elsewhere. You could see from the look on your face where you're thinking about something else and you kind of admitted after the fact that you were, you were having a conversation with God in your head, something along those lines. Uh, so your future at that time, a lot of people had doubted what was going to happen. Now it seems like your, your you know, focus is back um, in gear in terms of your, your profession. Uh, how did you end up rationalizing those two things coming together? We had talked about um, the idea that your job is to hurt another another human being and that you had had some issues of figuring out how to, I guess, come to terms with that. So what, what changed uh, in that process? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I think I may have told you or I've shed light on this in other interviews, but, you know, it's, a lot has changed in my life in the past few years, including my faith. It's, um, it's been a, a, a game changer for me. And, um, you know, just just combining the two between my 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 professional life and my family life, my personal life, um, I was struggling with how to balance it all and all the changes that have just come really so quickly. So, um, you know, over you know in a short amount of time, I I really wanted some time to reflect on, you know, how to make sense of all this. But you know, God revealed it to me through prayer, and you know, you know reaching out to wise counsel and, you know, I just feel like I have a lot more to do. God, God is using me in this platform, you know, to tell about how God has affected my life and, you know, that, you know, the truth of Jesus Christ, you know, to spread that, that the good news on the platform that I have, um, you know, that God loves them and has a plan for them and, and share my story and how, how God has changed my life for the better. So that, and, um, you know, that's, you know, goes side by side as, as well as, you know, providing for my family and, uh, you know, using the skills that God has blessed me with to, uh, you know, do a good work for him. Yeah. I guess spreading the word, the Lord's word, uh, is a big part of 
the Christian religion. So you had mentioned also that in PFL they want to help you do, I guess, some uh, philanthropic efforts outside of the cage. Uh, what are some things you have in mind? Um, well, I, I, I've, I have a heart for people in need. Um, there's a lot of communities within Canada that um, need it, in, including uh, the, a lot of native reserves. Um, the, the people there get, uh, they're a bit uh, neglected from our government. And, you know, there's a lot of communities, though, that need help. And, uh, and then there's just a lot of people that need to get the, the truth of the gospel uh, in there. So, you know, my, my, uh, a big goal of mine would be to get into communities and share the gospel with them first and foremost to, you know, you know, let them walk in the truth, let God change their life, but also, you know, to save their souls for eternity. And, you know, obviously just to bless them and, and help in whatever way uh, possible to improve their living conditions or, you know, to motivate people or, you know, to give them hope at the end of the day. And how has PFL um, discussed what they could possibly do to help you with that, or those conversations have yet to happen? They're yet to happen. We just, um, me and Pete were on the phone call yesterday, and, you know, I was talking, he asked me about something I was doing, and uh, he was interested in it and saying if, you know, if we could ever help and do stuff, that would be really cool. And so, I mean, it's it, nothing official. It's just, you know, it was just, um, you know, first conversations about it. But the fact that it's, their willingness to, to do stuff like that together is very cool. And you've added a new addition to your family. Your son, Rocky, uh, joins uh, your daughter, Maya, um, and uh, your wife, Olivia, of course. So your family is, is growing. Uh, how's it been? I know I personally, I've always said going from one to two is harder than going from two to three. I have three kids. Um, <laughs> how difficult has it been going from one to two? Or is it, has it been fun, been easy? Well, it's, my son's pretty easy going. He's a great kid. We're just kind of going through the stage of uh, the the to- the terrible toddler stage, you know. It's a little bit of a rebellion in my, with my daughter, but you know, it's been fun. We've been we've been super busy with the fighting and a lot of stuff going on in the personal life, but life is good, man. God has blessed us, and we couldn't be happier. The PFL seasons, when does that start next year? I, I imagine you have a little bit of time off now that you can spend time with family, enjoy the holidays before you get back into full training. Yeah, um, I'm excited to go on some maybe some vacation time and just kind of get the schedule uh, sorted out with PFL and, and see when I'll be fighting, who I'll be fighting. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the new year, that's for sure. Are you at all disappointed that there's not going to be a trilogy fight between yourself and uh, Douglas Lima? Well, I mean, that's, I mean, I still got a long career and I think Douglas does too. So you never know what's uh, in store for down the road. Um, you know, a lot can happen in a short amount of time in the sport. So I don't, I'm not closing the books on that. I'm, it's possible we'll get in there together again. And there was a uh, welterweight championship fight in the UFC this past weekend. Did you get a chance to watch it? I didn't. I seen a couple clips. And I seen the results, um, but I didn't get to watch the whole fight. It looks from looked to me like uh, from what I, I heard that it was a pretty close fight, and, and Usman was able to close the show in the last round. So I'm competitive. 
you mentioned wanting to shy away from drama. What have you thought about all of Colby Covington's shtick over the past couple of years? Have you have you been able to watch it from afar and and I guess come up with an opinion on that? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, obviously, I think he's a talented fighter. He's one of the best, obviously. But um, I don't think he needed he needs that. Um, you know, I I don't find it entertaining at all. But, you know, I, that's that's just what the sport's grown into, unfortunately. Yeah, why do you think that is? Now, I, I mentioned over the past weekend to a lot of different people that it actually saddens me that I have to see Colby Covington and Henry Cejudo, both great examples of, of the American dream, really. Colby was essentially raised by his sister in a small apartment while his mom worked two jobs. His dad left at a certain age. And then you've got Henry Cejudo, who came up in the worst of the worst in terms of poverty in the U.S. to become an Olympic gold medalist. And for whatever reason, people can't resonate with these stories. And these guys need to be kind of kitschy videos to get people's attention. I find that to be, I guess, disappointing. Um, but I'm wondering what has bred this kind of um, shift in how these fights are promoted or, or the fighters having to do this in order to get some sort of attention. Yeah, I, I agree. That is that. I actually didn't know that about either one of them, but... You know, those to me are more compelling storylines than the current ones. I find the other ones are, uh, they're, they actually push me away from wanting to watch their fights. But I don't know if it's our culture or if it's the promoter's fault for angling the, 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 the fights that way. Um, but, um, yeah, it's sad. I mean, for me, if hearing those kind of, those stories that those are more intriguing for me to get involved and passionate about someone's career. And, uh, you know, I, I believe, uh, the way that PFL's formatting their, their, their seasons, the, the way they're promoting their fights, I think that it, they want to tell people's story, their real story. You know, I think that's, that'll be very compelling for, you know, fans. So I guess we'll see. And they've done a great job of that, of telling these stories, the behind the scenes. They have really um, a really good production team that put, puts out the stories before these fights to help you get invested in them. Um, and yeah, like I mentioned, with Colby and with Henry Cejudo, two of whom are, I guess, doing some of the most um, over-the-top gimmicks in yeah. mixed martial arts. It's just, it's if, if their stories had been told properly, it, it makes me wonder if people would have gravitated towards them for those reasons. But uh, like you said, it's kind of a, an interesting state of event, uh, state of affairs where these fighters feel like they have to do this kind of song and dance in order to get any sort of attention. And um, I think it speaks volumes about our society as a whole, but I think that we probably don't have a whole lot of time to get too in-depth on that conversation. Yeah, that's a pretty deep philosophical uh, question, I guess. Uh, It is sad to see, though, unfortunately. Will you be at the uh, finale on December 31st for the PFL? Yes, I will. All right, great. Well, uh, hopefully you and uh, your family can watch the ball drop without having to stand in a gigantic crowd in Times Square, and you'll enjoy the new year, and uh, we'll, see you, uh, we'll see you in the cage uh, early next year for the uh, third season of the PFL. Uh, congratulations on the new deal, and uh, happy holidays to you and yours. Thank you very much. Happy holidays. That was Rory McDonald on the TSN MMA Show. Very, very insightful conversation, as always, with Rory McDonald. I think my favorite interview of 2019 was with Rory McDonald. Had a lot to say. Was very, very open about uh, what his life was like, what his, you know, I guess mindset was like heading into his fight with John Fitch, which uh, ended up being a very, very close fight. A lot of people thought it was a draw. Uh, Bellator is in Hawaii this coming weekend. 
some things to look forward to. The debut of Raupion Stotts, one of the top prospects in MMA for some time, never ended up getting signed by the UFC. Very surprising. Uh, AJ McKee against Derek Campos. As the uh, tournament continues in the featherweight division, Jason Jackson against Kichi Kunimoto. Kunimoto was, uh, was a fun fighter to watch when he was in the, in the UFC. Um, Kate Jackson trying to become the women's flyweight champion when she faces Alimale McFarlane in Hawaii, her home base. And then uh, you've also got uh, Bellator and USO Support the Troops 2019 on December the 20th, also in Hawaii, I believe. Uh, Josh Barnett against Ronnie Marcus. Ronnie Marquez was uh, used to be like a 170-pound uh, fighter. Now he's a heavyweight. It's crazy. And uh, Joey Davis fighting as well against uh, Chris Cisneros. Joey Davis, one of the top prospects in MMA, in my opinion. So uh, there you go. And Taiwan Claxon, another uh, solid prospect on the card. But uh, UFC is in Busan, South Korea on Saturday. The card begins at 2 a.m. So jump on the Periscope with me at 1.30 a.m. I will be in the studio anxiously awaiting the start of the card. Frankie Edgar against the Korean zombie Chen Sung Jung headlines the card. Chen Sung Jung, a minus 170 favorite. Uh, and that's probably about right from what we've seen in terms of sample size. But in terms of matchup, I think that Frankie Edgar is a tough matchup for Chen Sung Jung. You know, Frankie Edgar has been knocked out before by uh, Brian Ortega, but he, he's got a great chin. Otherwise, we haven't really seen his chin get tested. Now, Chen Sung Jung does have that pretty uh, ungodly power at 145 pounds, which he's shown time and time again. But uh, this is going to be an interesting fight. I think that this is going to be a real war of attrition in the main event. I think Frankie Edgar has more ways to win this fight. Uh, he can win by taking him down, maybe uh, more crisp striking, more technical striking, more volume striking. But uh, Chan Sung Jung probably has the better way to win this fight. I always say that those are two things to look for. You know, Chan Sung Jung might have the better way to win. He's got that knockout power. I don't think he's going to sub Frankie Edgar. He does probably have the better submission skills. But uh, Frankie Edgar, I think, uh, has more ways to win this fight. Alexander Rakic in the co-main event against Volkan Uzdemir. This is uh, one of those litmus test fights you got uh, that basically Dominic Reyes had previously when he fought Volkan Uzdemir and uh, fought him to a very, very close, I believe it was a split decision. And now you've got Rakic uh, trying to do the same thing and beat Volkan Uzdemir to prove that he is a contender in the light heavyweight division, another young contender in a division that has been old for a long time, starting to see some real up-and-comers in the division, uh, including the likes of Ryan Spann, uh, who's fighting uh, in the next couple of months. They just announced his fight. Uh, coming up against Paul Craig, um, Rockich, of course, Dominic Reyes, who's fighting John Jones in February for the title. A lot of young up-and-comers finally in this division, and I think heavyweight hopefully will start to go in that direction soon, as well as middleweight. A lot of these fighters that have been at the top of the divisions for years are on the older side of things. Uh, I think Rockich wins this fight by decision. I think he takes Uzdemir down, um, gets good position on him, hurts him from top. But uh, I don't think it's going to be a particularly interesting fight. I think that we'll see Rockic play to his strength, which would be the takedown. I think he takes down Uzdemir and uh, doesn't try to hang with him on the feet, even though Rockic does have good striking skills. I think that's his best path to victory for this fight. Uh, Charles Jordan, the underdog against Duho Choi. Duho has not had a win in uh, some time, about three years, I believe. And uh, his last two fights he has lost, surprisingly. Lost to Cub Swanson, lost to Jeremy Stevens. Did some military duty in South Korea. I think he's actually still part of active duty, but because he didn't have to leave the country, he could fight on this card. Taking on Charles Jordan. This is the kind of fight that Charles Jordan wants. He wants a guy that's going to walk forward, that's going to uh, throw strikes at him. I don't think Duho's going to try to take him down. If he does, I think he would have some success, but I think Duho's going to want to keep this one standing. Duho at this stage is probably the uh, the better striker, but I think Charles Jordan is a it's a tough matchup for him because Charles Jordan's going to walk forward also. And we've seen how Duho Choi has had troubles with fighters like that, especially as it gets into the later rounds. And Jordan's got a great gas tank. So 
Uh, Jordana, pretty sizable underdog. Might be worth a look if uh, that interests you. Because I think that uh, Jordana certainly is a live underdog at plus 250 in this fight. Uh, da Unjung against uh, Mike Rodriguez. Rodriguez, a minus 120 favorite. I wasn't sh- surprised. Uh, sorry, I wasn't impressed much with uh, Da Unjung in his debut. And I think Mike Rodriguez has shown some real growth. So I think Rodriguez is a pretty safe play, especially at minus 120. Marc-Andre Berrio looking to get his first UFC win, and I think he di- does get it against Jun Young Park. I think that Berrio is going to apply too much pressure, keep him up against the cage. But, uh, you know, it seems like I'm picking against all the Korean fighters in Korea, which is probably a mistake. But uh, I think Marc-Andre Berrio is just a more well-rounded fighter at this stage in time. Kyung Ho Kong, my guy, Mr. Perfect against Ping Yuan Lu. I, th- I think Kyung Ho Kong wins this fight. I- I've been very impressed with Kyung Ho Kong for the duration of his career. I think he's one of the more crafty fighters. And one of those guys whose record doesn't really indicate just how good he is. I think he's a, a really, really solid fighter. And I think he gets the job done here. Uh, Cyril Gunn against uh, Tanner Bozer. Bozer, a, a very big underdog. At, uh, about, about a 5-1 to one underdog. And Gunn is considered one of these guys that I think is going to be uh, at the top of the heavyweight division. By the end of the next year, I think he'll probably be top 5. And I think he's just going to be too much for Bozer. I don't think he gets the finish here, though. I think that Gunn wins by decision. He uh, kind of edges Bozer out on the scorecards, 30-27, 29-28, that sort of deal. Um, I, I don't think that he ends up scoring a finish against Bozer. I think Bozer's too well-rounded. I think Bozer's going to stand with him. I think Bozer's going to try to fight technically and, and try to find some openings against Gane. I just don't know if he's going to get them. Uh, Omar Morales against Dong Young Ma, the maestro. That's an interesting one. You got Sung Woo Choi against Suman Mokhtarian. Uh, Su- uh, Sung Woo Choi is a fun fighter to watch, and so is Mokhtarian. Mokhtarian has that uh, TP submission finish. Uh, very, very crafty. Off his back, on top. Uh, if it stays a striking fight, I would lean Choi. But if it goes to the ground, I think Mokhtarian has the skills to pull it off. Uh, this is a fun one. Alexand- Alessandre Pantoja against Matt Schnell. I think Matt Schnell is just one of these up-and-coming guys at flyweight. He has been in an absolute tear. And I think that he will pull off the upset here against Pantoja. I think uh, this fight will stay standing. I think Schnell has a lot of uh, extra skills that he's been developing over time. He seems to be getting better and better. I'm not sure how much better Pantoja's gotten. Uh, I think Pantoja might be the more skilled fighter at this point in time, but I think the growth that I've seen from Chanel makes me weary of taking him. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov against uh, Rayoni Barcelos. The shocking line in this one is Nurmagomedov by knockout is like plus 1450. People see Nurmagomedov's last name and they think wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Saeed trains with Mark Henry. He's more of a striking-based fighter. So to see him with that kind of a line, that's shocking to me. Um, I think Saeed Nurmagomedov does get it done here against uh, Raoni Barcelos. Barcelos is a tough opponent. He's favored here for a reason, but I think Saeed Nurmagomedov is a, a solid up-and-coming fighter who's been learning a lot from training with the likes of Zabit and Frankie Edgar. Uh, Alateng Haley against uh, Ryan Benoit. Uh, I don't know if it's Benoit or Benoit. I think it's been pronounced Benoit. Uh, this is Benoit's first fight in a while, but I think he's just a better fighter than Alateng, and I'm surprised that this line is only minus 120. And finally, Miranda Granger against Amanda Lemos. Granger looking good in her debut. This is going to be an interesting one. I think Lamos is a solid fighter as well. Um, not exactly, don't exactly have a great read on this particular fight, but uh, that was just a very cl- quick Cliff Notes version of this uh, particular card that uh, kicks off at 2 a.m. this Saturday. I'll be on Periscope 1.30 a.m. Join me for some Q&A and a preview. I will be in the office. I'm looking forward to it. Get my popcorn ready. Get my coffee. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It always is. I look forward to these cards so much. You know, you'd think that covering the sport... I'd get tired of there being a fight every weekend. I like. I just can't wait. I honestly still have a childlike enthusiasm for covering the sport. I really do. I, I think that it's the best sport in the world. is the most competitive sport. 
uh, in terms of just like what's at stake. And I mean, there are grave stakes in all of these fights. And these are some of the best athletes in the world. Some of the bravest people in the world. Some of the, the hardest working folks in sports. And uh, I, I hope that they continue to get shine as the sport continues to grow. Because, uh, again, every weekend when there's a card, I just like, I can't, I'm counting down the days, honestly. It's like football fans. A lot of football fans are like, oh, Thursday night football's coming. Then it's going to be sad, Sunday. Then Monday. Oh, they, they love it. I'm like that with MMA. I just, I, I can't wait to watch this card. Uh, anyhow, thanks for joining me. And again, I would recommend the end of year special uh, roundtable that uh, we put out a little bit earlier today. Check it out because it's going to be a lot of fun to uh, listen to and hear our predictions for the coming year. This is going to be our last show of 2020. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back in the new year. Looking forward to uh, having Bazooka Joe back in January where we will uh, be able to break down this first card of the year, UFC 246. And you get to hear some of my thoughts on McGregor versus uh, Cerrone on that end-of-year special. So uh, make sure you tune into that. I can't wait to have Joe back and for us to break this one down. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be back uh, in the new year. Happy holiday. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Happy New Year. And uh, thanks to all of you for your patronage. Uh, Please review the show. Tell your friends to listen. We always appreciate it. And uh, thank you. Feliz Navidad. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.